Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Carl McDuff and I'm joined by the ever-excellent Scott Hodge. McCon, how are you? I'm, I'm good, Scott. I bet you're gutted you wasted the gallon too, Joke, already, aren't you? Burnt my toast, didn't I? Burnt my toast. You did. So, just a, just a duel. Um, it's like Craig Moore and Lorenzo Amoroso holding the fort here for the gallon yeah, few. That's true, that's yeah. true. And what a week, what a week the rest of them picked to pull out, because quite a busy week. Um, uh, loads to talk about, isn't there? Yeah, so, bit of context, it's now about 50 minutes after the Rangers... Rangers and Mirren game finished, so I think it's fair to say we're both a bit, bit excited seeing Rangers win 3 0 at Ibrox, eh, Scott? Aye, a few beers in a good mood, just cracking open the, the wine as well, so aye, it's good, and currently standing one each with uh, Celtic Kilmarnock as well, so it could be a great day. Yep, so maybe by the time, uh, <laughs> maybe by the time this pod's finished, it'll be, aye, it'll be mayhem. So Let's start with the, the Rangers. Rangers 3 0 win at home to St Mirren. Uh, started off in the first half. I thought we were excellent in the first half, Scott. We got the goal. Morelos um, got the ball in the box, kind of right hand side to the six yard box. Fired it across, very unselfishly. Fired it across into the six yard box where Golson was waiting, but before Golson could get there, it was. Turned into the net by Aston Mirren centre half, and I'm I'm really surprised we only got one goal in the first half. Ah, uh, that was the only criticism really. Um, I think we played really well. I think we were. I think over the course of the full match, we put in a lot of good balls and deliveries, and that is the only criticism that we only went in one nil up, and obviously. We didn't get an early goal in the second half. Would be my my only only gripe really. So, uh, in general, um, the goal the goal was obviously an, an own goal, but it was well worked. I think Morelos done well. I think we've seen it a lot with Morelos that he just tries and shoots and be selfish. I mean, that's not a criticism, but there is times where he should look to play somebody in. So, made the right move there, um, and as I say, no more than than we deserved. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think the build-up to build-up play to this, there was a lot of clever passing, and you know, I think when we talk about Rangers, maybe should have got maybe two or three in the first half. That's that we can maybe criticise the finishing, but some of the build-up play was unreal. See some of the cross pitch passes for like Haji and even Aribo, even Golson was playing some terrific passes. I thought, especially a forward line, we kind of played a four-two-three-one, so the front four. They were they were unplayable. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, I think we're just a bit guilty of trying to. I was uh, watching Gerard's interview after it on RTV, and he was he was saying we we're trying to find the perfect goal, which to some degree I do. To some degree, I I agree with what he's saying. We're trying to to pass it, like sort of walk it into the net, and but I think in the second half, I know. You know, Hadji and Kent were were shooting from from all angles, which we need to do more of. But some of the some of the approach play was absolutely fantastic. I was really really happy with the performance in general. 
Yeah. And just before we move into the second, second half, uh, I thought in the first half, Balogun and Golson looked a really, really solid partnership. You know, when we talk about solid partnerships, you and I being the kind of top tier there, <laughs> the tier of the lot. Uh, no, no, absolutely. Um, it's going to be hard to going to be hard to get um, get them shifted to be honest and uh, you know it's, it's, it's such a difficult position because we've got, so, we've got a lot of options which is good and I know Katic is going to be out obviously the rest of this year and things it's going to be very difficult to for them to break through if they keep fit obviously so uh, the more I look at the ballot I know it's very early days it's looking a very very good bit of business especially in a, a free transfer and if he continues the way he's going, I can see them getting another year um, in his contract. Yeah, and I can kind of see why Gerard's made the decision, but I still feel a bit, bit sorry for George Edmondson. You know, I think he's he done really well towards the end of last season and through pre-season, and he wasn't even on the bench today. Yeah, no, no, I know, and you, you feel for Lewis Mayo as well, because, you know, it seemed as though... There's much noise from the Rangers fans and you know the backroom staff that he's going to be the answer, but you know do you think he should go on loan now? Because to be honest, like when Katic comes back, there's very little chance of of him getting a game. And you look, I think he would put Bassi if there was an absolute emergency, he'd probably put in Bassi at centre half as well. So I think it's time to to maybe get him some minutes and, and go a lot go on loan. I think there'll be. You know there'll be loads of options for him, either whether it be maybe not the Premier League uh, team, but I think in terms of a Championship club, I think at the top end of that would be a really good development for him. I'd love to see him go to Hearts. Nah, that's a good show. Because yeah. Hearts, you know, John Suter is kind of temperamental with his injury problems. There's no is he yeah, John Suter's fit. Is he still at Hearts? Yeah. As far as I know, I and well, I was about to say there's no guarantee Hearts are going to keep all the top team players. Yeah, I think uh, I think Hearts are going to be a team that are going to try and well, they, I think they will win that league, but they're going to try and embed a, a good kind of style of football down there as well. And I think Mayo, you know, he he is strong for his age group, uh, being put under pressure, playing in a, a kind of a winning mentality team. I'd like to see him go there. That's a, good, a really good show, actually. Maybe get in touch with the the clubs. Yeah, I'll, I'll answer. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll maybe send Stevie G a, a message on Instagram. <laughs> so, moving into the second half, first 10-50 minutes, I'll be honest, I, I was watching this through, through the cracks in my fingers, thinking this is typical Rangers. You know, Rangers always seem to get too comfortable at 1-0 and don't kill the game off. The first 10-50 minutes, it... Oh, it's a very stale game, and I just had that, you know, that feeling was starting to creep up like it's just one mistake away for this game turning in its head. Aye, aye, it's, it's to be honest, like maybe it's good as getting the experience of like these nervy moments so we can overcome them. You know, like we're used to that. Obviously, we'd love to see loads of goals for us, but you know, we, we need to start putting putting teams to, to bed and getting a few goals in. But I think it's important as well we don't panic, you know, if we're, we are only 1-0 up or if it is 0-0, for example, we need to, you know, keep a cool head, keep doing what we're doing because when we're at our best and everyone's, you know, playing the way that they've been instructed to, we're a really good outfit and we should have no problems with, as I say, all the teams of Bar Celtic. Yeah, I think that's probably a good point that you've made there about not panicking. I, I think as fans, we're always got to panic until we win something, right? Or until we get into the mode of consistently seeing out one nil wins. Um, I think maybe we've said it time and time again about the the pressure not being there. I don't say anymore. Maybe that's maybe that's another element to it because Rangers didn't look too panicked that they weren't getting the second goal the first 15 minutes but I know myself and virtually every other Rangers fan were probably getting ready to shout for Sektav or whatever <laughs> um, so maybe I, maybe that will allow Rangers just to see their game out or just keep stick to the plan instead of panicking. That's the benefit with no fans isn't it? There's no nervous air in the stadium 
well, that might be from you know the coaching staff and things, but they, they obviously don't want to see that. But obviously the the atmosphere at Ibrox will have a have a, a big impact. So again, I said it when you know it got announced when the season was starting. This could be a, a an actually a blessing in disguise, especially to get off to a good start. Um, I think we're going to be one of the teams benefiting from from empty stadiums, which is weird to say because Ibrox provides such an atmosphere, but it is very nervy. Like you can even feel when it's 20, like 20 minutes gone against St Mirren and there's no goal. You know, you feel it in Ibrox. There's just a sense of come on, you know, like just you know wanting to obviously break down the team. So it lets players play their own game and. You know, it should should work in our favour, I think. Absolutely, and is every every winning Rangers team, every good Rangers team, have has to learn to adapt to that, or has to learn to be able to handle that pressure because we are not going to change. Like the fifty thousand fans that go there every week have been like this since day dot, and we're not going to change. So, but this is a good opportunity to maybe you know get themselves in a good position to start handling it a bit better when the fans come back. Yeah, yeah, and especially for the for the uh, for the new boys coming in as well. I mean, the thing we obviously we're going to go on to the signings, but you know, Kamara Roof, he's obviously he's been at Leeds where they've got a very passionate support base, so he he should be used to that place. But in terms of you know Itton coming on, you know. It's probably good that he's getting buried in. There's not as much fan pressure. Kevin Thompson actually mentioned it. Like it was, it's actually such a shame because it's like one of these moments you remember making your Rangers debut. It's such a huge club, and you know he's probably dreamed of that always. Like you know, like going onto a big club and having a debut. But obviously, it's just not special because you know the fans aren't there. So it'll be good to to obviously give them the, the Rangers welcome when when we're allowed back in. Hundred percent, mate. So. Moving on into the second half, Alfredo Morelos. Uh, we'll just cover both his goals. Um, it was a it was a terrific header from a corner, James Tavenier corner, and then uh, you know a relatively easy tap in after some excellent work from a brilliant through ball from Joe Aribo to send in Borna Barisic who cuts the back for Morelos. He took his two goals really well and brilliant to see. That's actually only his third second and third calendar. Sorry, second and third competitive goal in the calendar year. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's good. I mean, how many times have we mentioned the speculation whether this is going to be his last game or in the next week? But he needs he needed a goal. He really needed a goal. So I think I'll do his confidence wonders, and um, it'll be it'll be really good. But both goals were were really well well worked. Again, I mentioned that the deliveries were were excellent into the box. I felt today and. Um, Barisic, they, they said in the commentary as well, he pro- maybe he should have had a shot, but it just shows you, you know, it's intelligent play, they're, they're not panicking, they're, they're making the right decision, which we did for the most of the, the game. No, I, I think uh, I think since the speculation started, a lot of people have been quick to write off Morelos, and he got a bit of a hard time last week, but I, don't, I can't really see why. I thought he was excellent against Aberdeen, he was very... You know, we spoke about it last week, coming in deep, uh, doing the dirty work. I, I thought he was brilliant and he was absolutely terrific today. So it's good that, you know, regardless if it goes or not, you know, he, he played well today and because he got the goals, he's going to get the he's going to get the credit for it as well. Two goals and, and an assist as well. So, yeah. yeah. Were you surprised to see him start the day? I wasn't, no. Um, I think Kamar Roof is a few weeks away from, from you know, fitness. And you'd assume that he probably won't go in and start. He'll be at the bench I, unless Morelos goes. I can't see him, you know, coming coming straight into the to the team. I think for he's a young, obviously quite a young boy, Itton. So it's, I know it's no fans or anything, but it's quite a big pressure. And it's a, quite a big risk as well. If you've got Morelos fit and available, he's getting paid a lot of money to to play for Rangers. Uh, so why would we not do that? I know there's the the unfortunate if he got injured and the move breaks down, but yeah, absolutely use him. He's, there's no question. Like if even if it's debatable, is he in good 
he's probably not in the best form in his life, but he's he's still the best, second best striker in Scotland. Like, why would we not play him? No, absolutely. I think um, you know what. I, I was of the thoughts that Etim was going to start today, mainly because Morelos he played he wasn't great and against Leverkusen, but no one was. But he did look a bit. He did look tired towards the end of the game in Leverkusen, so I thought this is a perfect time to start a new signing, um, Samantha Homer experiment. That's the only reason I thought Itton would have started. Um, but somebody, we put out a, a Twitter poll asking who we thought would start the game before before kickoff, and 70% of the, the, the voters said that Itton was going to start. But then somebody got in touch and pointed out that. It does seem that Morelos and Gerard do have a really good relationship. I think, regardless if this move is imminent or not, I think Gerard has that trust in Morelos that he's going to go out and do what he has to do up until he moves. I think, I think people saying he's down in tools are ridiculous, to be honest. I'm not going to say it's not affected him, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, Rangers have gave him such a good platform uh, to play. Um, it's been a perfect club for Morelos, I think. And, they, you know, the Rangers is a big... I know, obviously, it's his own talent, his own mentality. But let's not forget, Morelos has, you know, had a lot of chances at Rangers. He's, he's left us in very difficult situations where he's been sent off. He's He's been late back from, from travelling, you know, off-field instance, which is obviously not, maybe not his fault or anything, but... You know, Rangers have been good good to him, so I can't, I would not think, you know, the fans love him as well, I don't see why he would intentionally not try his, give 100%, it's more just like he's off form or confidence, you know, it's nothing to do with, you know, he's he doesn't want to play anymore, he's fell out with the manager, I think, you know, we might come on to it with, with Gerard obviously saying he's had his head turned. I didn't like that, to be honest. I think, I think it was a bit, bit of a call out, or maybe it was just a bit of motivation as well for him. He said, "I'm going to prove him wrong," and if he does, that is, you know, you can't ask for a better mentality than that. But I think um, he's, you know, he's he's not going to just down tools. He'll, he'll try for the club and he'll get his goals. No, I think so as well. That was an interesting comment with Gerard. Um, it's hard to tell with Gerard if he's, you know, what he's actually thinking. I think with Gerard, for better for worse, you always get what he's actually thinking. A lot of people, will, he gets a lot of criticism sometimes that, oh, he should keep uh, matters in house or blah blah blah. I don't. I'd rather, I'd rather comes out and is transparent. You know, we were the first to criticise uh, like Mark Warburton when you know he was he, he was saying the, the party line over and over again about either the tactics or mentality or whatever. You know, you didn't I didn't feel Mark Warburton was genuine. You know, to the same extent, Graham Murray and then Kashinia was. Let's well, say was like an acid trip, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> and but with Gerald, you, you get the truth. So you know, I think. I think... Yeah, so I think in terms of of Gerard, there's there's obviously for being a manager, you can be truthful to your players. So you you know you always hear about managers that are not being truthful with their players and like in terms of contracts, you know blah blah blah. You're going to get opportunities. I think there's no question he is that, but I think with the media and press, there's a lot of bullshit to for look for a better word, you know. So I think he he just that's his personality, truth all out. But you know you listen to some managers and they just ramble on and not give you an answer. It's one th- I I really like it, but I can see how other people don't like it. But to be honest, I think it's you know it's spot on. And it's it's what we need really, and it's I think it puts mind it sort of fans at ease as well that he's not talking shit. You know what I mean? Like he'll, he'll say that. Well, I think the head's been turned. Okay, you know that, that's good. That's good for us. But it's, I think I think he's spot on what he's doing to be here. Yeah, and Gerard doesn't come out and say his, his hair's been turned. That's an issue. He's just said that his hair's been turned, and we've seen the day it's also not an issue. It's okay. We need to be realistic. Alfredo Morelos didn't grow up asking for a Rangers top. For his <laughs> he's a, you know, he's 
he's from Colombia, he's trying to make a better life himself. He, he knows he wants his own play at the top level, play for Colombia, play elite football and earn money. You know, we know that, we, we're okay with that. All I ask for is that in the meantime, he does his best for Rangers and he's done that today, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, on, um, just on that, who would you put as your man of the match today? Is it straightforward Morelos or any other memorable shouts? How about St. Burnkeeper? Can we get him back? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was tremendous today. He was. I think that Morelos, obviously, for getting the two goals, but I think he put in a really good shift, especially after, I know that shouldn't merit a man of the match, but it's just all the criticism he's getting, and it must be so tough for him. I think he's in a... He's in a really difficult... It's hard to play well when there's so much pressure and, as I say, criticism. I think um, Balgan had a superb game, as we mentioned. Absolutely solid. I think there was one one mistake he'd done. He tried to pass it in the midfield, but his pace to get back was brilliant. And Him and Goldson seem to have a really nice really nice relationship. The only, the only thing that concerns me about them two, they, they both like a... They're not a classic old-fashioned centre-half pairing, you know, that... You're scared of. I think they would. I think they'd like to like go up front and give it a go. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but you know, if they if they keep clean sheets, then who am I to to complain? You know. That's where I think Helander comes in because he's Helander is physical. He's not the biggest, but he looks like a Bond villain, didn't he? With that white <laughs> You know, I, I think he's a he's got a wee bit of a sinister background, uh, old Philippe. Um, I think Barisic had a good game as well. Um, I think he, he was to Memphis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'll probably give it to Balogun for me. Yeah, I I would go Morelos personally, yeah. but you know I wouldn't argue yeah. with Barisic or, or Balogun if I'm being honest. Uh, a couple of other special mentions, more so in the first half, um, Yanis Haji and Joe Aribo. Playing out wide right, you know that's. Yeah. Uh, I, thought, I thought they two were terrific, and even uh, at times Kent as well. It's just we looked, we looked so sharp, and it was good to see, as we mentioned, um, as we mentioned at the start, the three behind Morelos playing with a bit of freedom. The freedom we should be playing with at home at St Mirren. Aye, definitely, definitely. So on to the two signings. Um, it was a two for Tuesday, as Rangers put it, signed. Cedric Itten and Kemal Roof both announced within an hour of each other. Um, say it time and time again, Rangers announcing signings out of nowhere. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it, Scott. Aye, definitely, definitely. I think uh, I was really surprised with Roof. I know I've been linked to him for ages, but he's a he's a really good you know a good player and he's got a good pedigree and there's a lot of cl- good clubs after him. So I. I honestly, when we were rumoured with him, I just thought it was going to be another fictional, you know, lie. Um, so I was really impressed with that. Everything, I know you can't judge them, we say this, so every time there's a new play, you can't judge them in that, and I can't say I follow the English Championship much, so I didn't see him there. I think it's a, it's a great sign. My only concerns, obviously, is injury history, but hopefully that gets that goes behind him. Um be interesting to see where he plays, if he's going to be sent forward. I know he can sort of play off the wing, uh, he can play behind the striker. So it seems like a, a really, really good option for our system because he can play a few positions. And we are a bit, a bit short in quality in terms of backup for, I think, you know, per- personally for me, I, I really like Kaji and Kent. Big, big fans of them. But it's such a drop down when we've got the. I'm not saying they're bad players, but like when we go for Barker, Jones, Stewart, the difference is unbelievable, you know. So I think um, Kamar Roof steps up that that quality. Um, in terms of Itton, obviously we, we don't know too much about him. I think um, it, you know he gives us a different option up up top, and he just will suit our style of play fantastically. Getting in the end of headers, knocking it down, holding it up. So I, I'm, I'm really excited to, to see that. But I, I, obviously, you know, we've talked about Morelos. I don't necessarily think that this is the, the end of him. It's, I know it's a, a lot of debate about it. And if we need the, the money for it, for obviously spending over probably 10 million, just over 10 million in the full window, 
I don't uh, I don't necessarily think it is then unless we need the, the, the money for him. I think there will be a vital he still would be a main striker if he stayed, but you know, whether he does or not, uh, we've got suitable replacements. I don't think we need to need to recruit somebody else because we've obviously got Defoe as well in the mix. Yeah. I think I think if Morelos was to go, I'd want I'd want a fourth striker, you know, somebody we're not going to go and get him uh, because Dundee United would want too much money, but somebody along the lines of Lauren Shanklin, somebody who can do a job at that level. Uh, I like the idea of having four strikers. I think when you look at, you know, Walter Smith's teams, even McClish's teams, we always had four strikers who can... Some of them might not have always played a striker, you know, i.e. Nacho Novo, maybe on the wing or then up front or as a second striker. And I like the idea of having four strikers. Well, you, you touched on it there about about this adding quality to the squad for a replacing replacing position for position or in the lines that came out of a can fill a couple of positions. I think that's where we have uh, fell down the last couple of years. The drop off obviously with a squad and squad players your players on the bench aren't going to be as good as the first eleven or if they were they'd be playing but you you want a you want a minimum drop off and I think um, these guys give us a couple of different options. I don't know too much about Itton. Um, that was summed up when I text you. Do you know anything about this Swedish <laughs> boy? Turns out he's Swiss, so there you go. Um, but for what I read, he seems to be like a kind of more uh, more traditional number nine, big guy, physical, likes a likes a cross ball, likes. Lights elbows flying, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's, it was good to see him get a few minutes, and hopefully, you know, hopefully these guys had to get running in yeah. the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, second with uh, today's game... It was the first, uh, the first competitive game shown in, no, sorry, I tell a lie. The first game of the season shown in RTV, which was free for all season ticket holders. Scott, how was the experience for you? It's brilliant. It was, it was, I thought I was so impressed with it, to be fair. I think the, I would much rather that than any lineup in Sky Sport, but maybe Alan McCoy stuff. I really like Alan McCoy's, but. I think it was everything you wanted. Neil McCann's a superb pundit. I think that's well um, well viewed with everybody. He speaks a lot of sense. I think he's he's very unbiased as well. I know Celtic fans might not might not say that, but <laughs> um, Alex Ray a bit maybe a bit more biased. But I think yeah, they're they're really good. I, I enjoy listening if I'm ever uh, listening. So. I don't really listen to the scoreboard or anything. I think it's all the rubbish. But I think Alex Ray is always good in that as well. And Emma Dodds, you know, good presenter as well. So, and uh, moving on to, I thought uh, Clive T- Tinsley. If I got that right, Clive Tinsley. Tinsley. Uh, Tinsley. Tinsley. Right. Uh, I thought it was. I really. I don't know. I, do you know? I didn't really notice. I, I knew who he was before, but I never like. Nobody like watches a game and goes, "Oh yes, it's you know, it's Martin Tyler doing the commentary or anything." But he was really good, and you know, you when you're listening, it's it's fantastic. So I think we've really pulled off a pulled off a good move there, and Kevin Thompson as well. I thought they two got on really well for the first time commentating together. What do you think? I, I could listen to Kevin Thompson all day long. Yeah, yeah. You know, I adore that man. Um, no, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. We we were we were all bigging it up last week when we were speaking about it. We were, you know, saying that it's exciting, but there was that there's always that kind of element of with anything new. How's it actually going to go? But in terms of the coverage that we would get for BT Sport or Sky Sports, you know, this 
this was at very least on par. You know, when you talk about Neil McCann, he, Neil McCann was the best pundit up in Scotland, 100%. And I felt sorry for him at times because he was put alongside idiots. Like, I love Chris Boyd as a player, but he's an idiot as a pundit. Yeah. Um, you know, that's so Neil McCann's brilliant to get him on. Emma Dawes done a really good job hosting as well. Um, I, I might message her for some <laughs> tips. And that's all, that's all I'm going to message her for. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think my favourite part of the RTV lineup was um, <laughs> uh, was the whoever was doing the soundtrack for the first half. What was that all about? I couldn't believe it. I was watching it with my dad, and I was like, "Am I hearing this right?" And it was fucking who who has been doing that? It was it was tremendous. It's probably better than actually go to the game, get a beer, well, you know what I mean? For <laughs> anyone who didn't catch the game on RTV or seen it in a different light, what Rangers had done, they just uh, recorded the, uh, the the fan, the stadium noise from a game from last season and played that over, uh, kind of in the background, all the commentators. But as you can imagine, um, there was a few UVF renditions about <laughs> sending the boys to France and even even a sash my father wore so there we go we've um, four days after getting knocked out of Europe we're going to be getting another fine <laughs> oh, that was brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah. I can't see that uh, can't see that happening again to be fair <laughs> it was very telling that they, they cut it off for the second half 100% I don't know like they do, they do quite a good good job in the for the Premier League. I thought like they actually had like, a few a few songs. So I don't know. They might need to get some some tips from that because it was good. Like they done every Saturday we follow and and things like that, which was which was good. And obviously, I, I can't see them doing that for the next game anyway. <laughs> yeah, maybe that has to. Maybe you can uh, lend them your editing skills. You know, I could do. I could do. Yeah, <laughs> Scott edits every podcast we put out, so yep, chief editor. So, if MD from RTV is listening, you know, get DM us with your details. So good we'll, price, good price. <laughs> so, moving away from the football slightly for this weekend, uh, we just had uh, uh, we had the opening of the Ranger Store at Ibrox. I'm so glad they named it the Rangers store and not and not the Bears Den or or Rangers Town. That was that would have been a blast, Nick. Uh, I I think I voted Bears Den. I think it was quite funny, but probably <laughs> probably, probably in a um, probably not the right move to do, to be honest. But uh, aye, the Ranger, was it the Rangers store? Yeah. Yeah, the Rangers store. It's called so that's fine. Everybody was going to call it that anyway. The Rangers store at Ibrox. So, really good launch. Uh, Jermaine Defoe was there to help open that. Tom Bean, James Bisgrove, all the big hitters were there. Dur- uh, Douglas Park actually cut the tape. Balagon as well. Bar- oh, Balagon there as well, yep. Uh, so, it was stout from start to finish. I think it was open till 10 o'clock on... Was it Friday or oh, Wednesday night? It was. I it, was it was Thursday because it was the... It was the Europa League game. Yeah. So, open to 10 o'clock on Thursday night, and by, I think, 20 past nine, the queue went up towards the Brimland Road stand and snaked right round to the middle of the main stand at 20 past nine. Uh, unreal. Over 100,000 strips sold at £60 a pop. It's not not a bad day's work, eh, Scott? No, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um... I think they, they put a statement this morning just to just to, to put the numbers into context and it's it's absolutely absolutely fantastic and again I know they rely on shirt sales and normal it's I, f- I feel as though we do not need to sell it I mean I obviously don't know anything about you know the finances of what goes on behind sort of closed doors but it's been such a successful launch I know there'll be a lot of money going into the store and things like that but. I think I couldn't have went any better, personally. So, and I think, um, I think they made a big deal of it because we were, you know, Rangers fans have been desperate for, you know, a consistent outlet where they can feed their money into the club. Um, we've not really had that consistently for the last 10 years. You know, there was a kind of false dawn with Hummel 
and um, well, whatever that company is, it's no utility, or whatever the shape company is, but we're the Hummel deal, um, where you know we kind of got shafted. So to have this. You know, to have this big song and dance and everything just looks as if it's like premium and it's they're making you know you know making it look so important and I, I think it looks I I think it's been a great weekend for them. Obviously, they've this morning they launched the the third kit as well. Have you seen it? The the black with the, in the orange uh, tint. Well, it's really nice. Yeah. Um... I think in the close-up of it as well, it's like an RFC as well, like sort of in the background, if you know what I mean. Like you can see, yeah. that's really, it's really nice. Um, it'll be nice to actually see it on like, a, a player and uh, see it up close because I was a bit worried because we had a training top last year, which was with Hummel, obviously, which is quite similar. So I didn't want it to have a, a training top vibe, but I think mm-hmm. it will be a, a lovely top. Um, and... I don't know what what top do you think. Well, you'll probably say the home, but which thinks the the nicest out of three? Well, I'm I'm going to be completely biased and say the white one because that's the one I've bought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, disregard the fact I tried to get the home one, but they didn't have any didn't have any mediums, and you know it's you know I've, I've kind of went up a, a brass size the last couple of years, Scotty, so I didn't <laughs> fancy getting any as well. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I think um, all in all, three really good kits and all the signs are looking very promising for Crystal. Obviously, the you know with the home kits getting delivered, there was signs that uh, oh, there was a, a bit of noise about tops turning up damaged, uh, whether that be from manufacturer or from the kind of uh, delivery route, and tops not arriving in time. I think they used Hermes, which is pretty much shite at the best yeah. of times. But I think with an interview with the Behem brothers, um, they, you know, they're they're saying that they've got to firmly take that, uh, take that feedback on board. They are being transparent. This this is the biggest thing Casola have ever done in terms of, you know, in terms of brand marketing and even even any sort of partnership. Like it's this Rangers is a very is a, it's a fucking monster to try and have as your your first first goal, and they've got to take all that on board. Yeah, did you watch the interview with uh, with the Custo guys as well? No, no, it was about a fifty minute interview, and they were they were sort of saying about how how it's went, and you know how they kept how they kept up with demand and everything, and how how impressed they were, and how how they loved seeing the tops on show and things like that. So it, it's, it's actually really nice for them as a company because. I don't think they're a mass. They're obviously not a Nike. They're not an Adidas with thousands and thousands of employees. You know that they're not small, obviously. Um, but it must have been such a challenge, especially during a lockdown period, to you know make all the tops, get them delivered. They were saying that all the people in the the warehouse was was working, you know, round the clock weekends. You know they had they had to get a plane delivered with all the supplies like, straight to the warehouse instead of like the tradition. I think it goes by boat or something. So it just shows you that they've put in a lot of effort. I know there's been a couple of problems, but they'll, they'll look to improve that um, for, for next launches and things. So um, the criticism about you know kits not getting delivered, yeah, that that's obviously a store, but getting damaged, it's obviously. They can't help that. I mean, I, I know they had the Rangers sort of on the bag, which people thought would, you know, you know, that's why they were getting damaged. But still, they said Castor on it, and it's. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to work out. It's going to be a new Rangers top, which is getting delivered today, and you know, there's fifth, it would have been the exact same if it wasn't, you know, branded. If you know what I mean, so. I it's um it was good it was, it was actually a really good watch um I'd, I'd recommend it. Also, there, there is still learning from the tape, but I think um, what, what you mentioned there, they're not Nike and Adidas, but that's what I kind of like about it. They, Kisona, they, they're open with their intentions as a company. They want to be a global premium uh, sports brand. You know, they, they want to get to the, the Manchester United, the, the Liverpool, the Real Madrid levels. They know in order to do that, 
they they can't fuck up the deal with Rangers for whatever word. You know, they have to like they've got an absolute unique opportunity with a Rangers are a global brand, right? There's no getting away. Rangers and Celtic, like with Man and Liverpool are the biggest biggest two clubs in Britain, hands down. So they've got this opportunity to absolutely nail it and they know they need to nail it if they want to continue. So I think as well for them, like Scottish football's obviously like the well, I know European football's back, but you know, in terms of like the Aberdeen game and things like things like that, you know, we, we were the first sort of game in, in Scotland and it was in Sky Sports half twelve kick off. They, they got so much publicity off us wearing that top and you know, you just think about all the people maybe down in England going, I've never heard of that brand and it was one of my friends, um as well, they they text me about the new top and says, What is that brand? They had never heard of it. So, like, their name's just going to get out so much more than it ever would have with any other. If they'd have done, done, like, a bottom of the Premier League team, it would not have had the impact that it has up here, I personally think. No, I totally agree with you. So, you know, last uh, last game we covered, you know, we both wanted to avoid it, but we need to touch on the Leverkusen game. Uh, Rangers went out... Rangers went out of the Europa League four one on aggregate as they went down one 0 in Germany. Scott, you know, it wasn't a massive surprise and you know, I think we can't can't have too much grumbles we going out against a team like Bayer Leverkusen. They they just look a class above. Absolutely, it was just, we were already I personally think we were punching above our weight. You know, you look at the teams that we faced to get to that stage was beyond any of our expectations and probably dreams as well. <laughs> dreams as well. So I think um, I think we can be very proud. I think I know it sounds absolutely shocking, but a one 0 against them is respectable. I know you want to win and try and get points and more of it quite close in the end. You know we had a chance off the line, but they could they could have. They could have stepped up again and gave us a gave us a thrashing. To be honest, I think, I think because you know we 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 didn't do really well. That's obviously their first game back, but because they were, I, I felt as though at times they were just passing it about like no real intensity. Like they treated that bit like a friendly, and that sort of affected our mentality as well. As if like we should have been on it. You know what I mean? Hundred mile an hour, keep going. But I think because they were. A bit relaxed, it sort of had an impact on us. You know what it's like. It's if somebody else isn't really up for it, it's ha- It should be an intention, right? We're up for it. We're going to know. They're going to know that they're in a game. But I think it had a bit of a, a negative impact on us, to be honest. I think the fact that they are just a different class, even when they are up for it. You know, they are just a level above us. And when you know when. Rangers were trying for help or whether and they couldn't get anywhere near them even when they were in second gear. You know, it is it was always going to be tough to to score three goals over there. Like and before before the 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 tie was drawn, before the draw was made back in what seems like four years ago, you know, I've I had Leverkusen down as the favourites and I generally do think they still are the favourites uh, to win the tournament. And you know, it'll be a really good game with them and Milan, but I just think yeah, they they're a different beast and there's no no shame at all in Rangers going out uh, going out to a team like that. Absolutely, no, I've said that as well. I'm I'm looking forward to watching it because they're gonna give them a game. I know Anna Milan are a very good side with the likes of Lukaku, Alexis Sanchez, like just a pedigree as well. You, you know they're going to be a good good team, you know Christian Eriksen, etc. But um, I, I, I think they're just like a young, like they are quite like the players. They don't have many older players. They quite they remind me a wee bit of like Belgium as well. You know, um, I know that's a bit stupid to, to say, but like they're a young, exciting attacking team, and yeah. they they will make an impact and. It's a bit of like the the Ajax syndrome as well. I think like they just they produce like they bring through develop so many good players, but they're not in the elite level, so they can't keep them. You know, you look at the Havertz boy. You know, he's not he's probably not going to stay there because they're not in that bracket. Unfortunately, it's the likes of Bayern Munich and 
Real Madrid and things, but that's that's where they need to aspire to be. So the Rangers will be entering the Europa League in the second qualifying round this year, and this draw should be made in, within the next week or so, with the first tie being played mid-August, uh, round about the 20th, I think, is penciled in for. These, uh, these qualifiers will be one-off, one-off games. Uh, Scott, do you think that will do you think that will suit Rangers, or do you think it causes a potential slip-up? I think it's a disadvantage, and I know that's. I think that's quite probably controversial to say, but I think well, okay, one of Gerard's coaching team strength is game management. I think they. They study every single detail of their team. This is how we're going to play. I think that is one of our strengths, and I think that's why we won against Celtic at Parkhead. That's why we we, we ran them so close in the final. You know, the final. I think that, and why we we bet Braga as well. Maybe not Braga because that was just <laughs> a crazy game. But I think in terms of a one thing, ten minutes, it's it's like. I feel as though it's like a cup final. Like it's, it depends on who you're drawing. Obviously, if I play the likes of like St Joseph's and, and things like that, absolutely, it's another game. You know, we've not got another game in the diary, which obviously, you know, the amount of games that, that we play in a year, especially if we get through the group stages. But I think um, I would prefer the two legs, to be honest. But at the end of the day. If, we need to we need to get in for the financial aspect and experience all that. I'm I'm not getting away from that, but we obviously need to make our, our league the absolute number one priority. Just just now, one each with, with Celtic and Kilmarnock. Like they've they've slipped up. We need to keep going in that, and we can, you know that we can't have any distraction. It's not an excuse or anything, but you know. Well, they're professional football players. They're on a lot of money, and they should be able to handle three games in a week. Absolutely no problem, but. You know, um, the league has to be the priority this year. Yeah, the league is always a priority uh, for Rangers, regardless of the circumstances. But I think, I think, I actually disagree. I think this may work out a bit better for Rangers. I think with in recent seasons, I mean, the perfect example was progress in recent seasons when. You're playing these qualifiers so early, and you don't have all your signings in. Any signings that are made need time to get up to speed. Even players are coming back, you know, they don't get too much of a break. Rangers, Rangers should be a level above anybody they're playing in these qualifiers. Maybe with the exception of the last qualifying round, we're going to have time now. We're we're going to be what four or five weeks into the season by the time we're playing this game. You know, guys like. Guys like Kemal Roof and, and Itten, they've got a chance to, to embed in the team if Morelos goes or if not, you know, they're a different option, I think. Uh, obviously, it's all in the dock of the draw at times and, you know, you can have an off game, but um, I'm looking forward to see how Rangers compete in the qualifiers when they're, when they're in gear and not just warming up as part of pre-season. Aye, it's... Realistically, we should be... Fly, not flying because then could happen. You know, it could be in anything, but we we should be match fit, which we might not have been in previous years. Yep. We should have uh, a style of play. The new players should be blended in by now. We've done our transfer business very early, and I can't imagine maybe one or two more additions at the very maximum. So we should be in a we should be in a good spot and. I know we won't draw like somebody from England or whatever. It will be somebody from fucking Luxembourg or something again. <laughs> I don't know if their league is starting, but we should be, you know, we will have a good number of games behind us then and we should be in a really good space. And just while we're touching on the European campaign, uh, for anybody that's not listened to it yet, if you're interested, we recorded and put out a two part show. Uh, looking at every game of the European campaign for the 2019-2020 season, and probably probably our favourite show to do. Yeah, we recorded it Friday night, cut up beers, and what a roller coaster of emotions it was, eh, Scotty? 
I was, I was. No, I, I really, obviously, I always enjoy doing this with you, Colin, but um, I, I really enjoyed that episode and I, I thought it was, you know, obviously we're biased, but it was, a, it was a really good show and it was like when you, sh- you should give it a listen because it just it brings back so many memories, even if you think we're shite or anything and uh, you, you don't like us. Um, if you're a Rangers fan, it's just it's it's fantastic to listen to, and you forget so many moments. And you know we've we've put it together for that that episode, and it's uh, it's tremendous. Some some nearly moments, some highlights. You know it, it was it was fantastic. I would I'd love to be able to do one again in a year's time. Well, here's hoping, mate. Here's hoping. <laughs> so that covers almost everything that we're going to come to this week, but we saved the best for last. So that Scott and I have seen um, seen some antics on Twitter, which has maybe been going on for about a year or so. And you know, every time we see it, it's just it it just fills up my life with happiness. Scott, you want to you want to tell the listeners what we're, what we're referring to? Hi. So it's like the it's probably nobody's going to find this funny now, but. Um, it's just like when every all the Rangers fans call call the Rangers Twitter page Mister Rangers. It's just I don't know. It just it tickles me somewhere that I don't know where it is, but it's just so funny. And released uh, uh, the the pictures of the third kit today, and it said very horny Mister Rangers, and I was in absolute tears. I'm still laughing. I'll be lying in my bed tonight, and I'll just think of that, and I'll, just, I'll go again. Just ah, uh, honestly, it's it's fantastic. I might make it the wallpaper on my, my phone. Now, get up Monday morning smiling, you know. And, uh, go on and just um, search on Twitter, Mister Rangers, and you'll see it's just it's not it's not a mass amount of people that do it. It's maybe just a handful of folk, and I don't know if it's a, a wee patter syndicate, but it is hilarious. That was that was probably one of the more left field ones. Uh, very horny, Mister Rangers, but. <laughs> My favourite ones are when they're just asking them questions. Rangers will, <laughs> Rangers will tweet up, or put up on Twitter the day, uh, the morning of a game, match day at Ibrox, 3pm kickoff, and somebody will ask, what's the lineup, Mr Rangers? <laughs> it's just things like that. <laughs> or if they put up a, a goal highlights, they were good goals, Mr Rangers. <laughs> Rangers are, <laughs> I love that. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love it. So that's probably a <laughs> that's probably a good time to um, close up on a high. Um, thank you for everybody that's listened. All that's left to do is thank Mr. Scott. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Scott Hodge. Thank you. Thanks, Mr. Collins. Yep. And if anybody wants to tweet us, we are Mr. The Gallant Pew. <laughs>